FM News 11:10 KBND in studio this morning, sitting in the stressless. It's Fred Johnson. How are you, sir? Hey, uh, good morning, Frank. I'm doing really well, thanks. By golly, this stressless is pretty darn nice. It really is. Now, let's see if I can stay awake through this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll have any trouble. It's uh, obviously you know Fred from Ask Fred Johnson on the weekends here on KBND News, local real estate, and uh, what is. What is on your mind this morning? I've got a few things on my mind today, Frank. You know, I was coming in. I'm, I'm trying. You know, now that we're post-election and post all that negativity, I'm really giving it my level best to try to be positive on my outlook on everything that's around me. And I guess I'm going to have to put a teaser in for this week's show. I'm going to talk a little <laughs> bit about how we're not in a housing bubble at this point in time. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting press, a lot of different pieces that are out there, and uh, I think that that people might enjoy a little different perspective as far as what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening as far, you know, everything's all interest rates, interest rates, interest rates. And we hear all of these, like I'll just give you a couple of, uh, of headlines this week. Uh, oh, the one I like here is one out of 12 properties purchased in 2022 are underwater. Mm. And you go, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a daunting number. Well, you kind of, well, let's do the numbers backwards a little bit. You know, one out of 12 is 8%. That means that 92% of them aren't upside down. And when you look at it a little bit further, you realize that those that were were at a lower interest rate at a higher value at the beginning of 2022 and not at the end of 2022 as those things have, have transitioned and gone backwards. So the headlines seem to live for a good while with us, when in fact this is really a pretty decent time to get out there in the market. So what I do is invite people to please tune in to Ask Fred Johnson on our program here on FM News 111.10 KBND on Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. We'll go into that. All right, live show coming up Saturday morning. So what we'll talk about today, however, is last mm -hmm. night City Council convened on the mandatory home energy scores. This is, this is one of those issues that's really quite fun. There's been an awful lot of discussion about it over, over a period of time here. Um, and it's actually a part of the, um, oh, what do they call themselves? I, I think that we need to, need to call it appropriately. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll find it here in a second. I've got too many highlighted lines. But basically, this is a, this is a mandatory energy assessment of all homes to be sold. It's a cost to the seller, it's, which is ultimately a cost to the buyer. Um, it's mandatory in that it's not optional. Now, this is a service that's currently available. It's, it's easy. If you want to have an energy assessment of your home, you can certainly have an energy assessment. But basically what this is is regulation that says that someone needs to come into your home before you can sell it. They're going to gather information on your home, and they're going to charge you a fee for doing that before you have the right to sell your home. Um, there was an awful lot of work that was put into offering how some of the other communities throughout the state had looked at this issue um, and, and thought that the fact that it was an available service and that it should be an optional service, um, there was an awful lot of work, hours of work were put in by a number of different people, a number of different emails, a number of different letters. And I think that the one thing that, that should be concerning to all of our citizens, regardless of their political affiliation, is when you have issues such as this, to where obviously there is a fair amount of dissent in the community, and yet the vote still goes through unanimous, six to zero. Absolutely no dissenting vote. So that means that there's a good section of our population, a good section of their constituency, or whatever you want to call it, that are not being represented in the process. And the, the goals are, are, are basically pretty lofty, you know, and they, they really uh, want to, um, you know, uh, 
Tyler Neese was there for the uh, Central Oregon Association of Realtors to offer that um, it should be uh, an option. Um, Eric King was there to you know also promote that there'd be a $750 Class A violation fine if you don't participate in the program. And, and Anthony Boardman, who is the uh, mayor pro tem currently, said this is a very small step. And he added, I don't think it's far enough. I hope to see more steps taken in this community to mitigate climate crisis. Well, um, you know, our, our climate crisis is certainly real and is at a different issue. But on the, on the county level, it se- or at the city level, it seems that the city's pretty involved in climate crisis and land development, but not necessarily so much in providing services to the citizenry in here. And I think that while we have a, a council that is so tipped to one side, um, that uh, citizens should be a little bit concerned about that. This is going to be implemented January 1st. It's going to be a requirement of all homes that go on the market that there's an energy assessment, whether they were built last week or they were built 20 years ago. Um, It's an expense. Um, And then with really no teeth in it, there's no mandatory items to, which thankfully, there's no mandatory items to mitigate any potential problems that are discovered. But it's, you basically are paying for someone to come in and gather information on the property to then share that information however they want with city staff or whatever by participating in it. And uh, Applicable for all homes and city limits? That's correct. That is correct. And, and, and it's just kind of an interesting, interesting deal. And, and there was that it met a fair amount of opposition. There are other cities in the state that opted not to implement it as mandatory. Said, yeah, sure, we've got that service. This is what it is. Obviously, it's created an opportunity, and a business opportunity for some of those home inspectors and all that to offer this as an additional service um, to their services. But, uh, but it's just, it's just, it's pretty interesting, and it, it was really disheartening, I think, to a number of people that had put an awful lot of time and energy to get the voice out there. Um, on my program, when I have people calling in, there's a fair number of them going, you know, how can they do this? How can they just implement this thing and, and do it? And then, I mean, even even if it was just for the, the, the show to at least have a descending vote, to at least say that, you know, there was an opposing voice that was heard, um, that just didn't come forward that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, at the end of the day, it seems to be another regulation. It does absolutely nothing to create um, housing that's affordable and um, it's just a process with the possibility of a fine. Now, granted, they don't want to implement the fine. They want to get compliance. But it's still, that's what makes it mandatory is that there's a fine structure that's there. Um, it was also kind of reassuring to hear that, that there was a little bit of uh, hopeful with the, the city council on the, on the uh, new Costco site. You know, they came back with a new master plan on that to, to implement that. I thought that that was a little unrealistic where the council, and I understand that they'd like us all to be on bicycles, but to tell Costco they've got to minimize the number of parking spaces and require people to leave the Costco store on their bicycle seems to be, um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'd be pretty hard-pressed to get home with my Costco order on my bicycle. Uh, yeah, tough uh, to pick that up. But, but yeah, there's some interesting, interesting, things, interesting things happening. There's uh, um, some things happening in Juniper Ridge. There's some things happening where they're going to extend the Purcell Road, and uh, they awarded both of those contracts, one for 2.3 and the other one for... 9.6 um, out in uh, Juniper, Juniper, uh, 
Juniper Ridge. Juniper Ridge, yes, yes. All right. Well, we're going to have Melanie Keebler, who's uh, mayor, been mayor-elect, uh, coming in door here in about 15 minutes or so. Well, nice. And we'll be able to ask her about this. And then, of course, Saturday morning at 9, when you're in, you can have the time to take some calls we'll, uh, on this as well. We'll take some calls not only on this, but we'll also take some calls on, about, you know, are we in a housing bubble? Is there something to be fearful of? And, and the thing that I would offer before that show is that, uh, this is unlike any other time. This is a really good time to surround yourself with people that are knowledgeable and experienced and to try to get out there because between the financing, between the, the math and the numbers and what's happening, this is really quite a good time, either as a homeowner or as an investor, uh, to give some consideration to uh, looking at property here in Central Oregon. All right. Fred Johnson, what's the best way to get a hold of you, buddy? Well, the easiest way is to go to my website, askfredjohnson.com. You can go there anytime, sign up for my market trend report, or uh, ask me if there's a topic that you'd like interviewed on the show or discussed on the show, uh, please do that. Or you can send me an email direct at fred at dukewarner.com. All right. Fred Johnson here at FM News 100, 1110 KBND. Good to see you. Frank, thanks for having me in.